everyone, and welcome to one of the very first episodes of my podcast, As Yourself. I am so excited for this episode because I got an opportunity to sit down and interview the CEO and founder of Artist Uprising and my dear friend, Merrick Porkadoo. Our team got an opportunity to go record this episode in her beautiful headquarters in Richardson. It was so much fun. I walked away from this interview feeling so encouraged and ready to do the hard work. I hope that wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this episode, that you feel that energy too. Her story truly is so inspirational. If you're an artist or a creative, you have this big idea, you've always wanted to do XYZ, or you feel like you're made for something else, she is your girl. You can find all of her socials and websites in the show notes. As always, Please follow and comment, share it with a friend if you think it will encourage them. It helps the algorithm and it means the world to me. As promised, here is that interview. Cool. Okay, Merrick Porkadu. First, it is just an honor to be here sitting next to you. Um, Thank you to your team for facilitating this. Jasmine is awesome. And thank you for taking time. Yeah. Because I know you're busy. I saw you with... um, the measuring tape and I'm like oh, that is so merit just so measuring amazing. stuff and like yeah I have a constant <laughs> I have a constant measuring tape with me at all times yeah anyway. um so I just want to start at the very beginning okay your eye-opening experience the moment where you thought we need to bridge creatives and businesses mm-hmm. right what was that moment where was your headspace at did you just like wake up one morning put your feet on the floor and decide I'm going to start a company called Artist Uprising. Was it even called that? And how did you even start this whole thing? Oh, man. Um, Okay, so no, it was not called Artist Uprising at the time. Um, And yes, I did kind of just wake up one day and think, hey, this is what we need to do. But there was a lot leading up to that that kind of got me there. So ultimately, uh, I don't know now, uh, maybe in 2007, 2008, I'll make a long story short, but I was traveling and meeting with lots of different creatives. And ultimately, this is before Instagram. <laughs> so what is even yeah, the time before how Instagram? <laughs> was the world before Instagram? Um, so we had Facebook and LinkedIn, and that was the way that people connected, right? So um, anyway, I was traveling, I was meeting all of these different creatives, and I'm like, you know, musicians need filmmakers, and filmmakers need artists and makeup artists and, you know, creatives obviously collaborate and that's a commonality in the creative world. But then as that collaboration begins to grow, you really start seeing like these cells of people that are really excelling in their art form. They want to work together. So it's like collaboration really can take to, um, kind of a honed in group of people. And then those people really start kind of channeling their local, I don't know, just commerce. Like people are like, oh yeah, if I work with this artist, you should also work with this photographer, you know? Um, So I was noticing that a lot in different places that I lived and thinking there needs to be a way to connect people better than Facebook. So I, my idea for the company started as a tech company to basically be an Instagram meets LinkedIn approach to connecting creatives together within their local markets. And then the outsider or the fan, you know, the person that could just come in and look for whatever would be able to almost like city search it pretty quickly. So um, started that and decided I wanted to launch it. It was a company called Create Gate. 
and uh, I came back to Dallas to to do that, and um, fundraised and did the whole tech startup world. Now how much did you have to fundraise? So I fundraised about three hundred fifty thousand. Wow! Okay. And that was um, just to kind of get it to beta. That wasn't like even the whole shebang. So we just needed to get it to beta, and we launched in um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, Detroit, and Nashville. Um, and we had about two, 3,000 users on the, on the app, and it was really cool app. I still love it. I still buy it. It's sitting on a hard drive <laughs> in my desk right now. We'll get to that part of the story. Um, but it was really, really great. It had a lot of users on it, so it started running slow. And uh, we were out of scope with our developers. So they were like, yeah, you can, we'll start, you know, doing maintenance on this for $10,000 a month. And I'm like, I just spent $350,000 on all of this. And I had my second baby on the way, which is when you and I, you were living with us at the time. And um, so it was just too much going on. And finally it was like, okay, um, people who were using the app who, you know, either I knew them or didn't know them, but they would still reach out and say, this is so awesome, but who would you say? But who do you say? But who do you say? And so I was like, well, I'm still manually curating. (laughs) I made this thing to like take me out of it. And then it still kind of kept coming back where people were like, this is really awesome, but out of a list of 10 florists, which one would you pick for such and such idea? Wow. Okay. So, um, So I just kind of started manually being a curator and manually brokering these these relationships between creatives and their clients and so I really started serving the artist first um, and we still do that like our our mission is to abolish the term starving artistry so it's all meant to negotiate on behalf of the artist and get them to a place where it makes sense for the artist and then it also makes sense for the client okay and so I think you know, that's kind of like how it naturally evolved. And we ended up launching a magazine called Artist Uprising. And yes, and it was a marketing ploy to market CreateGate. And um, the idea of the magazine was just to be an editorial kind of kinfolk looking thing that's just like, hey, here's your top creatives in the city, blah, blah, blah. And um, that took off. Like the name of it really stuck with people. The logo was really strong. People remembered it. They totally forgot about CreateGate. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to tiptoe my way. What is it, Homer Simpson? Where you like tiptoe my way into the bush bush and get out of CreateGate and pivot. And we ended up changing the name, calling it Artist Uprising. And we just started manually curating for artists and businesses. Yeah. So you raised $350,000, family, friends, other people investing in you, like, what was going on in your just your family life? Like, if I went to Thomas and said, "Hey, this is my idea. I'm gonna raise three hundred fifty thousand. Like, what was that like? It was and, hard, right? And then where was your heart at? Like, how do you, um, how do you just like honor your family while also pursuing something this yeah. big? Yeah. Well, I would say that it was a very bumpy ride. So mm-hmm. um, that was probably one of some of the hardest times in our marriage. It was the hardest time because we had two little babies that were 15 months apart. Um, I would literally, you know, be up at two o'clock breastfeeding and be talking to my developers in India. And that was six months of Silas's life. You know, it was so crazy. So um, it was just hard. And it was like, okay, but 
but we had kept coming so far, you know, and there was favor on it. So it was like, while yes, it was 100% a grind right. in every way, shape and form. Um, you know, I, one of the best stories, <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually told this story, but one of the best stories ever was I was probably 30 weeks pregnant with Silas and I was fundraising for the big chunk to like basically get out of debt to buy the software, to buy the technology back. Um, so um, David ended up getting uh, hired to go out and lead worship at some conference that was also like a, it was like a Christian business conference. And um, he goes off and, uh, and all of his expenses were paid for this. It was at the Broadmoor Hotel in uh, Colorado. And um, anyway, and so they were like, hey, there's kind of a Shark Tank situation here. Do you want to apply for this? And so I was like, yeah, and they were going to only take, I think, seven. So um, they had all of these submissions. I think it was like 200 or something submissions. They narrowed it down to 40, and I got through that 40. And they're like, hey, you've been accepted, but you have to actually be here to present, to be one of the seven that would move forward. So they were only going to pick seven more. So I was like, well, this is a cheap trip for me because yeah. his he was already paid for. So I just kind of went along with him and, um, and I went to go and present and out of these 40, I get number eight. So I had oh, just missed the cut, yes. but one of, out of those seven that were chosen, one of the kids didn't need funding. He was like super young and he was like, I just want mentorship. I don't want oh, money. Okay. And they were like, okay, so we'll bump you in. <laughs> so I get bumped in. I Is go this in the shark tank. It's not the shark tank. It's like, it's Almost like these shark Yeah, tank. I mean, we were in a room of 150 investors. Whoa. And you go and you present, like... And you're 30 weeks pregnant? Yes, I was 30 weeks pregnant. And where was your head at? Like, were you just, like... I was over it. I was... This was the... I cried before I got on the plane to go there. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is it. I Like, I'm done. <laughs> Take the wheel. <laughs> I, yeah, I am done with this. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to do my due diligence. But I had zero expectation and I was drained. I was and drained. how much were you thinking? Like, what were you wanting to get out of this meeting? I didn't even... At this point, I was like, I have a really good product, and I know it like the back of my hand, so wow. I can present it in five minutes or less. And they were giving everybody 10 minutes okay. to present. And I was like, I'm not even going to need that, because I had done this so many times before. And um, But out of the seven that got to present, I was the last of the seven, so they, each person was supposed to have 10 minutes and they all took 30, 40 minutes a piece. Oh no. So by the time it even got to me, half of the investors had left. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, so I walk in there completely already defeated, but I was like, whatever, I'm 30 weeks pregnant. I, I do not look the part to be. Nothing right now matters. <laughs> nothing <laughs> makes sense. So I got in there and did my pitch and everybody just, I mean, they didn't even let me finish. They just immediately started asking questions and then looking at each other and kind of talking around. And so finally one guy um, who became my main investor, he said, he goes, I'm interested. He said, out of this room, raise your hand if you're interested in investing in this one. And because I was the last one, they had heard everything else. I, I didn't hear anything else. I had no idea what was presented before me. Um, but the entire room stood up and held their hand up. Whoa. And so then it was just a race to Did the paper. Did you just start crying? Cause I, at 30 yeah, cause pregnant. I was like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't even know what this means, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I end up winning this competition. 
<laughs> and so, and y'all, I'm, I'm wobbling back to the main stage cause I'm in this other building. Right. And so I'm like waddling back to the main stage and David had just finished. Like I was going to ask, what's he doing? He has no idea what's happening. <laughs> He's just doing his part, you know, right. leading, leading worship over here. So he finishes doing music, gets off the stage and then they get on, they announce me as the winner. And I'm not even there yet. Cause I'm wobbling. Oh my. And he has no idea that yeah. you won. Right. So this I thing. I like open up a side back door. <laughs> like everybody's like clapping or whatever. And he's like, You won like across the sh- you know, across the room. And I was like, I don't <laughs> I have no idea. So that can get me a wheelchair. Please. Yeah. <laughs> please. And so I ended up coming back, had some like negotiating back and forth, and it was about to be lost at about, I mean, it was like, I was right there and the investor was like, Hey, I just need to, I need to wait for blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I can't wait. I'm having a baby like soon. And I need to close this up so that I'm not three months more delayed with these developers. And so anyway, it was a little bit of back and forth and I was like, okay, I need to get on a plane. I need to get on a plane. I need to go show up and tell this guy that I'm serious you know, about it. And my, my, uh, where was he at? He was in Colorado. Okay. And, uh, he was like, uh, I went to my doctor and she was like, yeah, you can't fly. Cause at this point I'm 37 weeks, oh 36 weeks. I was 36 weeks. And, um, she was like, you can't fly. And I was like, I, I, I just started like pleading with her. I was like, can you write me a note? Like something I have to go, I will go for a day trip, you know, go and come back, whatever. So she is like, I'm not going to write you a note. She's like, but you can wear like a trench coat and just go. I'm not, just call me if you need anything. So I go. This is wild, by the way. It was wild. Okay. So I go it for a day trip and I show up at his office and I Does was, he know you're coming? Yeah. Okay. And I said, <laughs> and cause he was, he was like, oh, okay. Like, and I, I said, I'm going to come and I'm going to represent. Whoa. And he was like, okay. So I get over there and, um, and I represent you know, the idea, which he had already heard, but he just sat there and he was like, well, he goes, here's the deal. And he writes a check right there. And he goes, I'm not investing in, he said, I'm doing this because I believe in you. And whether this fails or succeeds is not what this money is for. This is, this money is going into you because even if it does fail, I know you'll succeed, you know? And so I went back and I started contracting on the plane and had the baby two days later. Oh my. <laughs> and he gosh. came early and yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and that was your baby Silas. And that okay. was my baby Silas. Yeah. Okay. First of all, you're like the embodiment of like a creative explosion meets <laughs> Nike's just do it. And you just like, you're unstoppable. Mm. This is crazy. Now I know that there's going to be a few people listening that are like, that's amazing, but I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about any time where you felt, I mean, there are times where like you're getting on a plane mm-hmm. at 36 weeks pregnant. Yep. Like you're probably thinking like, I'm going to have this baby here, but I have to do this. Like what, you know, that end goal. Yeah. You are getting on a plane again, like at 30 weeks pregnant to go present this and it's delayed. And like, there's just a lot of opportunities I think where you could have just cut out and said, this isn't for me, this is too hard, or I'm not feeling this right. Can you just talk a little bit about, yeah, just like how did you get yourself to continue coming back time after time Mm -hmm. and not giving up, but more 
how did you, when you physically weren't feeling like doing right. it, how did definitely. you really get yourself to do that? Well, I think, you know, there's definitely times where I feel like giving up, you know, and there's, there have been times when I did give up, you know, so, um, I think that that's just part of human nature, but there's something else that's kind of that intangible that if you're really doing what you are meant to do, it can't, this is, this has been my struggle because it, it won't leave you. You know, you can't, even if you're like, well, that's it, I'm done. You know, this whole thing is stupid, whatever. And you want to walk away from it. You can do that. And then it will start to eat at you because you're like, but then I have this idea for something, something, you know, and it's like, take any creative you think a song, you know, I've, my husband is a really great example. There's times where for sure he's given up with music. He's like, I just can't write, can't do this, that, whatever. And I literally, I just sit there and I'm like, okay, because it, I know it'll come get him, mm-hmm. you know, and it, get, yeah. it gets him in his dreams and he'll wake up with a melody line or he'll, you know, get in the shower and he's like, wait, what do you think about this, this little, you know, doodad? And I'm like, it can't leave you wow. when it's in you. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter if you give up or not, because it, you'll, if you're really meant to do it, you'll keep doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I have had, um, I guess, fast forward, um, didn't end up doing the app, but kept doing the company. So it kind of like morphed and took on yeah. to something else. And it was the same heart. So the heart has always stayed the same, but we just kept pivoting um, in different ways. And that ultimately culminated. It had really, you know, great success as initially as Artist Uprising. We got featured in Forbes and as like a business on the watch and it was really good press. It was awesome, but it was definitely still a grind. And I had another blip moment where I was like, it was maybe two years later where I just gave up. I was like, I can't, like, this isn't making the kind of money I need to sustain. Right. And I'm, my own boss right now, which I can definitely do, but I need to be paying myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I, I had a moment where I was like, I, I put everything down at the table and I was like, I can't do this. I'm taking at least three months off and then I'm going to consider going and getting a full-time job. And, um, that was, um, let's see, I don't know. It, It was sometime in October, but I remember, like putting it all down and then going to sleep, waking up the next morning. And I had kind of pitched this really random client, some marketing stuff that would involve some art and photography or whatever. And I just totally forgot about it. I mean, like I had pitched him this as like an, as though an agency would do it. And I was like, I doubt that they'll choose me. Number one, number two, if they did choose me, I would have to go hire all these people, which I have ready to go. But who's going to like go for that, you know, it just seemed almost impossible. Yeah. And so anyway, I gave up and gave that to the Lord. And the next morning I wake up and there is literally out of zero emails, there's one email that comes through and then a notification. And the email said, please see signed attached agreement. And we've just wired you the funds for the first month. And I look at my notification and it's my bank that had wired me $15,000 to like get going. Dude. Okay. So what Uh, was this agreement? Like it was just kind of some agency work. It was like PR marketing and you know, um, but everything, everything that I had pitched them had the edge of art. 
Good. So I was like, I would be commissioning local artists to do, you know, some of the graphics. I would be doing, you know, some of the um, campaigns that they, you know, want to do. And and it would be all very artful. And so anyway, it was a three-month contract, so it was short. But that was three months. And I had just literally just told my husband, I was like, I'm done for for three months. I am not doing a thing. And that's exactly what the contract is And the contract was for three months. What? And so, and I called him and he was like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like maybe you're supposed to kind of like (laughs) keep putting one foot in front of the other and see what happens. And then from there, no lie, it's just keeps, it just kept going at that point. So, so after the three months, after the three months that contract ended and another one kind of came in and then another one came in and they were all very different, you know, the different deliverables. And so that as my own person, I now could actually pay myself and so I just started taking on different stuff. And then it really morphed into, okay, now I can hire a couple people. Yeah. So I hired some people and then um, we just started honing in. And it wasn't until probably a year and a half ago that I hired um, Gracie, who's our COO. And she um, came from heavy corporate world, but she had seen this company that she had worked with. Um, it had been acquired two or three times. So she saw it grow from like 16 people to 600 people. And, um, so she just was like, Hey, let's hone in on the core things that we're going to do. And so we just literally got rid of all the fluff and we were like, we do art, music, and design. Wow. And so from that art, we've been commissioning muralists and, you know, we do corporate art. So for offices and commercial spaces, work, live, play, you know, type things. So that's what Artist Uprising has traditionally been doing. Um, And then um, design, we had launched Belmont Creative, which is your true creative agency. So I put all of our graphic designers under Magdal Lopez, who handles all of that um, company side. Um, and then the music side relaunched after 2020 cause that yeah. kind of got, that was hard. <laughs> that was, it was null. It was gone. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, last year we, we kind of have artist uprising entertainment, which is not another company. It's just another division of what we right. do. And the live music thing has boomed this year. Especially now that everything is open. Yes. It's like the artists were just waiting yep. to be launched yeah, like everyone was just in that standstill. Yeah. Like, I need to do music. Right. Or writing for like the two years it was in lockdown and now they're getting an opportunity. To go play it. To go play. That's just incredible. And you're yeah. here to help them. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, and it's amazing. And now we've got, you know, a team of 14 or 15. Wow. So from like having an idea for an app to mm-hmm. being sitting here in your headquarters yeah. with a team of 14. That's just incredible. Yeah. And like continuing to allow that dream to pursue you. Mm-hmm. I could ask you a million other questions, but I'm going to ask you a final question okay. because I feel like we could dive into every aspect of like, where was your family? What did your husband think? Right. How, where, where are your kids at? You know, there's just so <laughs> many things. Um, but if you could speak to an, an artist, a creative person, a creative mom who might have like the kids and they don't feel like they can do it or someone who's in a corporate world who doesn't know how they would pursue that. What Mm -hmm. would you tell them if they're sitting on this idea that they just can't let down? What would you tell them? I'd definitely say to get it all written down as much as you can get it out of you and on paper is I think really, really awesome and just start 
putting one foot in front of the other. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, is just, okay, here's what I do. Um, and it all depends on what the creative is up to, if they're a fine artist or a musician or whatever. But I was just talking to a girl who's in a corporate job and she's like, I, she's a photographer. And she's like, I really want to get into um, licensing my photography as my business. You know, so it's just sitting down and being like, okay, how are you going to do that? It's putting a business plan together. As a creative, that's what you need to do. Which is like so hard for the creative yes. mind to do any kind of admin work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, what? if you can at least get your vision, you know, written down, um, then at least that way you can even see what that looks like back to yourself. Wow. Um, yeah. And then the other thing too is just start to do it. So if you're a creative, do the creative work, it will start to speak for itself, you know? So, um, there's lots of things where I'll just tell artists, I'm like, Hey, you, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't do. Yeah. Just do it and post it and see what people say about it and then lean into that. Wow. Um, and the main thing also on the art side of things is I tell people, if you found, if you have found your style, then go after just that. Don't like get tricky and yeah. try to do everything or something you're not. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like really, really go after that one design, wow. you know? So, um, I guess you could say the same for musicians too. Right. Yeah. If, don't be like a folk. Yeah. Punk. Exactly. Something. Yeah. It's like yeah. You're not going to go do jazz music if you're <laughs> a rocker, <laughs> like right. be a rocker, you know? Yeah. Be good at what you do. And just that. I yeah. forgot to ask you about Artist Uprising Studio. I really yeah. want to know about that because, yeah. first of all, it's beautiful. It's got gorgeous lighting, Thank and you. I was able to go in before a lot of the amazing furniture was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I see pictures, and I'm like, oh, I have to go back. Um, so how how did that? How did that happen? So yeah. my husband he picked up a camera several years ago and was like, Hey, this is really fun. I I, I don't know if I would want to be a photographer as a career path, but as a hobby, he was like, I really like it. He really liked getting to learn about the equipment. And so we were having to drive really far to go to Texas studio or, you know, any of the ones and there weren't that many back, back several years ago. But, um, anyway, so he was like, if we ever just settle and we didn't, we were living in East Dallas at the time, but he was like, if we were looking at Richardson and we're like, if we settle in Richardson, we should look at opening up a studio in Richardson um, just so that we don't have to drive, you know? So it was really more for us. And we were like, in worst case scenario, if it totally fails, then AU would just office out of it instead of being here. And, um, so we were like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, get going. What's the worst that could happen. And so opening up in a pandemic was actually wildly, um, great for us because we could host small events, of 10 people. So we had lots of weddings and like private. I didn't know that. Private events that have, yeah, we had more. Cause events. no venues were having, no. like it was impossible to have your wedding. I felt right. so bad for everyone who had spent yeah. so much money on weddings. Yeah, I know. So for people who still just wanted to go ahead and get married and even like have their wedding, wedding, um, you know, in the future, they could still have something that was really intimate and sweet and pretty and beautiful photos and um, but yeah, the space was, um, it had been vacant for 25 years. It was a, um, gas station, I think, or something, yeah. an auto shop. Um, so we had, um, a guy who's a photographer and filmmaker and he lives right over there. And he was one of our original partners of that. And he was like, Hey, y'all should go check out this space. 
And so when we found it, we were like, okay, great. Let's all three jump in and just make something of it. So um, it was really great to have him because he could help us understand light and how we needed to kind of get it. So he kind of like heavily consulted us in the beginning. And then um, I was like, I just, from an aesthetic, aesthetic standpoint, I really wanted the California ranch style look and kind of putting that desert vibe into Texas. So um, yeah, we just start designing it out. And then David and I absolutely love decorating and stuff. So we were like, this is easy. So we just designed it up and then it, it won the revitalization award, which was really great because it ended up giving us um, an end with working well, presenting to the city what we now do for the city, which is we run all of their festivals, we do the city's branding, we do all of their art murals and installations and sculptures and everything. And so, but that all started with the studio. Wow. Just like, yeah. I want to be creative. I want to follow that. I'm not even looking to make money off of this yeah. at first. I just want to, yeah. I just want to take pictures. Yeah. And have Absolutely. a cool spot. And have a and cool now spot. now you're like... <laughs> running a freaking city <laughs> and now here we are with the city yeah and it's cool because the city like the the office that we're in right now doing this podcast where it's right uh, across the train tracks from where our studio is so or the dart rail I should say um and uh but the city gave us a grant to move our headquarters here this is a historical building that we got to redo as well um, and so this was fun cause everything, we didn't have to blow out any walls or anything, but like all of these floors originally are from the twenties and we restored them. They were covered in carpet, nasty, nasty oh, carpet. Why do people do that. I don't know. They look awesome. It was awesome. And so I love like seeing the restoration of the, yeah. you know, these properties. So yeah, super old, super awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Your story is incredible and it's just a testament to just doing what you you know you're made for yeah and honoring that and it just seems like you just put one foot in front of the other That's what you gotta do and it just follows you you're like a magnet for all things good <laughs> when you know you're living out what you're supposed to be doing yeah so thank you for being here of and course. thank you for taking time to do this thank and you. yeah you're awesome i love it thank you so much for having us of course Wow, that interview was amazing. Here are the takeaways. One, when you believe in something, people will invest in you, regardless of failure or success. People will invest in you. Two, feeling like giving up is normal and a part of human nature. Don't go by your feelings. Three, if you're really doing what you're meant to do, it will not leave you. It pursues you in your everyday life, in your dreams. It doesn't leave you if it's in you. Four, if you're meant to do it, you will keep doing it. Five, if you have a great idea, write it down and just start to do it. Start messy. And six, if you're an artist and you find your style, stick to it. Be true to yourself.